0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey Ryan, uh this is Doug, and I now want to get back to you with the Xenophores mod now. So there have been a couple of things that have arisen um, that have caught me uh, in interest to say the least. Uh the first thing is this is that there will be a live episode of Xenophor uh this Saturday. Um, and I believe I will be talking about the story. I'm going to be talking about the story of Armand. That's what I'm going to talk about in the uh, live episode. Uh, simply put, uh, we need to actually, you know, talk about the story a bit more. It seems that people, for whatever weird ass reason, which I don't know why, believe that, you know, the United States for whatever weird, you know, reason, cannot break away from GDI, you know. And it is clear that we have st- struck a chord with the fan base in some way, shape, or form. And um, obviously we have gone beyond, you know, the realm of acceptable continuities within the CNC community. So high five for butchering the story. Um, but all I got to say to those people is Donald J. Trump. Okay, so like, honestly, you know what I think we ought to put our story, And and I was thinking about this, and I've thought about this now for about two or three days, and I believe what we should do is we should sit up here and put Donald J. Trump in our story. We should. Donald Trump, put him in there. Okay? He is elected President of the United States, and he does this whole, like, you know, folks, we're not paying for GDI anymore. It's not going to happen. GDI underperforms. It's over budgeted. And I have a plan. I have a plan to get us back on track to go back to national sovereignty and to make America great again. And like, literally what we do is we set it up. So like Donald Trump just red, white, and blues all over the world. That's exactly what he does. And all joking aside, that's exactly what I think we ought to do from a story perspective. Okay? So if these people want to get all like, oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, um, you know, the United States broke away from GDI and so on and so forth, and all the above, well, fine. You just wait until we sit up here and say they did it through Donald Trump, and then we can see what they say then. All right? But all joking aside, I think that's honestly how it ought to work. You know, I think we just, in this country, got done with an election where we tried a progressive left system, and the country ultimately realized that if you were a middle-aged white guy, there was nothing left for you. So what did you guys go out and do? You voted for Trump. That's what you did. And hey, I voted for him, too, okay? I voted for him, too. So obviously, which you probably already figured that, um, obviously, you know, um, Uh, I understand totally. Um, I'm not an idiot. I totally understand that if the white class doesn't do well, the black class isn't going to do well. And that's the damn reality of the situation. So like I said, um, I think from a story perspective, uh, it does need to be elaborated on, um, a bit more. It needs to be elaborated on in a way that basically it feeds off of what we've already talked about in what's going on in forums, you know, um, or in the forum, I guess I would sit up here and say, it it needs to be elaborated from that sense. Uh, you know, the the problem that we currently have with our, with our project, um, and when I say problem, I don't mean like it's necessarily a problem with us. Uh, it's a problem on the other side is that people are not willing to accept that the CNC continuity has shifted due based on the fact that we're doing a crossover. Like, I, I don't understand why, but they, they don't understand that. You know, they they believe that there's some sacrilegious thing that's been done in the fact that the United States leaves GDI, you know. Um, but like I said, uh, that is something that I, I do want to go over in the live cast that we are going to do on Saturday. Okay, so like I said, I'm going to be there on Saturday. Uh, night, 10.30, 11 o'clock that time, and then for the next like two hours or three or whatever it's going to be, um, I plan to go through and actually talk about the story. Um, that's what I plan to do. So people can really get a good foundation of where this story begins. Um, the other thing is this, is that I would stop posting long-ass responses to people, Okay, like what you did. I would do that. That's my suggestion to you. We're doing a podcast, we have a blog, okay, there are ways for us to address these people. And I'm not saying that you can't do what you're doing, because obviously you're a grown-ass man and you can do what you want to do. But what I think is this, is I don't think we need to get caught in a situation where we're effectively trying to write write out a novel for these people so that they can understand what's going on, okay? That just doesn't need to happen. Um, now, understand something. I'm not angry at the fact that you, you've done what you've done or something like that. What I'm saying is is that you you got to look at it from the standpoint of, clearly, people are reacting to our, our project now. It is obvious. People are now reacting to it, okay, to whatever capacity that they are, you know. And, and it's, it, it's kind of like, I want to say, an unhinged reaction. Um, it's not organized, it is sporadic, but you can't sit up here and possibly, you know, um, reply to every single person that wants to say something in a given forum or in a given, you know, summary blog or, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, in response to a summary blog or, you know, in, in just a written text. Like, you'll be there all day doing it. It's not worth it. Okay, and this is why, again, we have the blog, but this is also why we have the podcast. Okay, so if these people want to sit up here and say what they want to say, or if they want to sit up here and give us, you know, content and questions for us to work off of, then that's what these things are for. That's exactly what these mechanisms are for. You know, um, but I believe the people who basically have a concern of dissent and and I'll put it like that, a concern of dissent. I think that's the fair way to put it. Um, they need to use our proper vehicles in order to have a dialogue with us, you know? and, And that's one thing that I think that we, we, we need to get better at just like in that, in that respect. Like, honestly, I would have simply just straight up in terms of what you did is copy the link to that podcast episode and say, listen to this, get back to me when you've listened to this, and then let's, let's sit up here and have a conversation about it. That's what I would have done, you know, because we were there for like two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours. Okay. Having this conversation. Okay. For the benefit of these people, you know, and these people are the first people to sit up here and open up their mouths and say something. But you notice when it comes to participation, it, it, it's not like that's one of their strong points. you know Now, look, I get it, okay, I get it. Um, it. A lot of these guys, I'd almost swear, they remind me of the kids at a lunch table. You know, you know when you were like in in, in elementary school and you went to lunch, and you got, you know, you guys had your little click and sat up here and talked about what you, effectively what you liked. You know, like maybe it was like, uh, Transformers, maybe it was G.I. Joe, whatever. And, and you sat around the table and you said, well, wouldn't it be cool if this could go up against this or that could go up against that? And it was all about, you know, the, the whole f- fan picking it up. Okay. Um, of whatever the topic was. Okay, and you thought, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if it worked like this, that and the other and so on and so forth, you know, and this is a in many respects is a lot like that. Okay, when I hear a lot of what people say, I kind of feel like they're just fanficking it up as if they really just think this would be a great idea just because, but there's no logic behind what they're saying. You know, your response that you gave was a great response. It was a great response. I have no problem with the response. It was, like, dead on, okay? Except for the fact that, for some weird reason, you know, you want to say that the Earth Federation aren't the good guys in this. And that's something that I do want to address in the live episode, because I believe that the Earth Federation are well within the right to do what they do, and on top of that, I believe that once when we start talking about the story, people will begin to understand exactly why the Earth Federation is in the game in the way that they actually are. And again, I think that that's really important to do. Okay, so I don't want to sit up here and beat a dead horse and tell you that we're going to have an episode on on Saturday night. But we are going to have an episode on Saturday night and I will definitely address these kind of things from a Xenoforce Reborn, you know, uh, setup. Now, if there are any questions that you have leading up, you know, to that moment, by all means, bring them, email them to me if you can't be there or whatever the case might be, and I will totally sit up here and, you know, talk about, you know, what the questions are um, and, and stuff like that. I, I will do that. So that's to begin this whole, you know, audio out in terms of of how I see this. So that's the first thing. The next thing is this, is I think personally, um, I've been giving this some thought, and what I'm about to say is going to blow your mind, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think we need to hold off on Gundam Wing. Okay? I think we need to hold off on Gundam Wing. All right, and... The reasoning to why I want to hold off on Gundam Wing is very, very simple. Um, I gave this a lot of thought. I looked at the reply that you had sent me, you know, through the text and stuff like that. And the reality is this, is that the Earth Federation is going to work within building blocks. Okay, so right now we have our UC building block. Then we're going to have a seed building block. Then we're going to have an AW building block. And then you have like a question mark. Okay, so you've got a question mark. Now, my problem with how our system works is this. There are clearly factions that we look at, and they are defined in how they're going to be placed in the UC system. Okay, I'm sorry, not in the UC, but in the Earth Federation system. So UC's already been defined. We know how we want them to work. SEED, I am pretty sure... We know how we want them to work, which I'll get into that later on in this audio. AW. We have a system that can work. I already gave you that system in the last audio. unless something changes between you know this audio um, and the hour that you have less to listen or the hour you have left to listen to, I, I don't think that really much is going to change in the way of, of AW. So then you get to to Wing, okay? And the problem with Wing is not that it's a bad idea. I don't think that having Wing in the game is a bad idea. The problem with Wing is that I don't think that there's necessarily a base for them to work from at this moment in time. That's what I believe the problem is. Okay, so let me repeat, it's not that I want to take Wing out the game, I do want to have Wing in the game, but at the same time, what I recognize is that Wing is so far out there, and it really does, in effect, rub up against Gundam, AW, in the way that we would enlist both factions that it really doesn't make sense for Wing to actually be in the game at this point in time. Now, had we done a different avenue of the Earth Federation and said that we were going to go with Gundam 00 dealing with VEDA, go with um, Gundam X dealing with Dome, go with, you know... Gundam wing dealing with the mobile doll system. Okay. Had we done that, which are all basically the same rehash system. Okay. That would have been a different story from, from a, a gameplay perspective because you would have been looking at, you know, the earth federation, you know, basically dabbling in multiple AIs and utilizing those AIs to whatever extent that they do. But that's not what we did, okay? What we did is we decided to not work off of a master AI system or multiple master AI systems. What we decided to do was to work off of the Gundam system. That's what we decided to do. So from that standpoint, it just makes more natural sense to work off of the merits of the factions that we know truly do hold to what we're going after, okay? So with, for example, you see, what you have going on there is you have where it is mobile suit progression. That's what it is. I mean, like, that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with mobile suit progression, which makes perfect sense, all right? The idea is, how do you make a GM a superior unit? Well, you do it through the research of a Gundam. Okay, based on that, that is why the GM is what the GM is. Okay, and that's why it is the highest performing stock-based unit that you have on the battlefield. Okay, then you go to Gundam X. Okay, AW. Well, how does it work for AW? Well, the way it works for AW is, A, you have the Gundams, B, you have bits that are linked to the Gundams, C, okay, C, you have the doctresses and the Wallabies, you know, in other words, you have baseline gms like mobile suits, and then D, what you have is you have dome. That's what you have. Like, it's pretty straight and forward how it works. You've got dough. You know, this This isn't that hard of a conversation to have from that standpoint. You know, the the problem with Wing and with Seed is that they're too closely intertwined. Like, when you really sit up here and think about Gundam Wing, what are you looking at? You're looking at Leos. Same thing as the Dotress, right? Yeah, I would, I'd venture to say they're, they're very, very similar. You then, of course, have, um, you know, the mobile dolls. Like, you could sit up here and talk about mobile dolls. But if you were going to talk about mobile dolls, then you could sit up here and talk about Dome. Or you could talk about the Flash system. You know, that's like a double whammy right there. So that's definitely not help- helping you out any f- from that standpoint, okay? Then what you have after that is you could talk about, like, the Transformable Taurus, for example. Or you could talk about some of the other you know, mobile suits that you have in Wing, but you can offset them with things like the Air Master Burst or other mobile suits within Gundam X. You know, and, and the thing that we have to keep in mind is Gundam X and Gundam Wing came out at the exact... pretty much, I want to say, at the exact same time. So you have a cross-referencing of of basically mecha profiling, and that is what's hurting us here on that front, is that you have... A cross-referencing of mecha profiling. So then when you get to the whole, what is more powerful or what is more prestigious, Dome or the Mobile Doll system. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Dome kicks the Mobile Doll system's ass. The Mobile Doll system is a good system. Don't get me wrong. And the Mobile Doll system can be used effectively. Again, don't get me wrong. But you have the flash system that can counter the mobile doll system and you have dome. You know, and, and, and this is where I'm going with this, which is it's vastly more complicated to sit up here and try to interweave the two rather than leaving one of them behind and saying, okay, we're going to leave this one on the shelf and then we're going to go ahead with this one. And, and that's where I basically stand on this as it stands right now. I mean, I just don't think that we gain enough from Wing to, to basically marginalize AW from any credible perspective. You know, I did a two hour long audio to two and a half hour long audio effectively in many respects dealing with the bigger bulk of it, the audio on Gundam, Gundam X. I did. And we can use the salvaging system. We can sit up here and set the salvaging system up where it works in a number of different ways, depending on what tries to go out and acquire the salvage. We can do that. You know, we can sit up here and interweave an economy into the salvaging-based system if that's what we want to do. That's not impossible to do either. Now, does that mean that it necessarily needs to be you know, something that's, like, grossly um, one-sided? No, it doesn't mean that. What it does mean is that we have an out with Gundam AW that we don't have with Gundam Wing or AC, like After Colony, you know. Um, after Colony just doesn't provide enough substance in the way that, that, you know, After War does that we can actually work from and keep in mind primarily most of the stuff that we're dealing with in after war is before before after war even begins that's what that's what hurts this so badly for Gundam wing so in the way that I see this, I do see this as like a one sided event, you know from that standpoint, okay, so my attitude is is that we invest in the dotresses we invest in the wallabies, we invest in the Gundams. We invest in, you know, the, the bits. We do it like that. That, that's what I would do. Um, I think that as much as I like the Tallgies, I would put it on the back burner. As much as I like the Leos, I would put it on the back burner. You know, like honestly, it would be easier to do a Gundam wing, but when it comes right down to what do we gain from doing it from a gameplay perspective, we're not going to gain that much. At this point in time. Now I, I do want to sit up here and corner that for a moment when I say at this point in time. And the reason why I want to say that to you is because keep in mind if we get Gundam X in the game, okay? And bundle it with UC. And then we get Gundam seed in the game and bundle it with, you know, Gundam X and Gundam U C. Okay, we we bundle we bundle all three together. If there are any discrepancies within that faction, at that point we can look at it and see what the discrepancies are and then see if seed actually fits the bill. Like we can do that. That's not impossible to do. You know, but you when I look at this, I would say you got to look at it like this. What if we were to put Gunnawing wing into the game? before Gundam X, okay? Chances are there's going to be a quote-unquote discrepancy. There will be, all right? And if there isn't a discrepancy, why wouldn't there be a discrepancy? It's because we'd be putting in V 8 and Mercurius. It's because we'd be putting in, you know, um, the Serpent. It's because we would be putting in, you know, um, the Talgis, and then putting in, like, for example, Talgis 3. Okay, like, in other words, what happens is... When it, when it really comes right down to it with Gundam, you know, um, Gundam Wing, what you run into here is you run into a system where for all practical purposes, you took what was supposed to be a general purpose frame design. And then what you did is you amplified its performance so that it could deal with the quote unquote discrepancies in the game. Now, I think there's another part to this that we have to sit up here and look at, which is how far do you think a Leo can take you in an overall conflict? Like, seriously, how far do you think a Leo can take you? You know, like when you look at the pricing of a Leo, what is it going to be? Okay. Then after looking at the price of the Leo, it comes down to, okay, now that you've priced the Leo out and you've got to make it within this price scheme, how far can you actually expect the Leo to actually take you based on that? And then what happens when you need to break above that that uh, that ceiling? Well, then at that point, you've got a couple of different options. The, the most logical option would be the serpent. Okay, because it's a general frame purpose unit. That's exactly what it is. Okay, but then the, the problem then comes into the cost of the serpent. Like, what's the point of it? You know, if you're going to build serpents, then why not just build Earth Federation GMs? I mean, I mean, think about it for a moment here in terms of of how I'm trying to explain this to you. Okay. If you are going to go out and and produce Leos, that's one thing. All right. That's one thing entirely. But the Leo is going to have a buffer that is going to be breached at some point in a battle. Okay, basing on the breaching of the buffer, what then you then do? Well, logically, you would try to go to... You would try to go to Earth Federation GMs. That's what you would sit up here and do. And in doing that, it would make... You know... The, the Leo, just a baseline unit that has limited, you know, capacity to support the player in the way that they're looking to be supported. But once, when you look beyond trying to go past the ceiling that the Leo actually creates for itself based on its given role, you know, if you were trying to stay within wing you would go to the Serpent, but if you were trying to shift over to another class of of, of, of a sub-faction within the Earth Federation, you're going over to, you know, GMs. That's what you're doing. I mean, like, literally, that's exactly what you'd be doing. You know, you'd be going to, like, a GM customer, you'd be going to a GM Kaya, or you would be going to, you know, a GM sniper. That's what you would realistically be doing unless you were going to try to do, you know, general frame or general purpose frame mark two, which would basically be the serpent. That's what would happen there. Okay. Now, what's the problem that you run into when you do this? Well, the problem that you run into when you do this in regards to a serpent is you get a higher cost A higher cost penalty and you get a lower return. Like that's, that's exactly how the serpent would work. I mean, I think that would make perfect sense. So let's say that you have the Leo. Okay. And the Leo gives you a thousand. Okay. But it also costs, you know, a thousand to build. Let's just say the Leo works like that where you have the serpent, it's going to cost two thousand to build and it's only going to give you five hundred. Now, honestly, where's the common sense in that? The reason to why you are using the Serpent is based on the the pace of the game that you have going on, you know, and the development of the pace in terms of the opposing faction. So are you at, you know, beginning game, middle game, end game, or epic game? Play. Where are you at? And then, of course, after that, what you run into... Is, which you have that as, as a, as a, as a detractor in and of itself, but then also what you have as a detractor on top of that is how feasible is the serpent at being the Mark II version of the general purpose frame for the amount of income that you get. Like in other words, does the income that you get from the serpent is it even a relevant, you know, option at that point in game? Does it actually matter? Or do GM supply drops just make more sense? Okay, and and this is basically my point, all right? The way wing would be set up, okay, on the base level, it would look good. Okay, like I think it would look just fine. The problem is, is when you get up to that next tier, you get up into that next level, and then you're like, whoa, 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 hold the phone here, because if I'm gonna be doing that, then why don't I simply just go with, you know, UC Earth Federation GMs? Why not sit up here and do that? You know, now, in turn, if you look at Gundam X, it's an entirely different scenario. Okay, Gundam X starts off with, let's say for example, uh, dotresses. All right. I think it's fair to say that the dotress is equivalent to the GM Kaya. Okay. Let's just say for the sake of the conversation that a dotress is equivalent to a GM Kaya. I think that that would be pretty fair to say. In fact, I might even go as far as to say the dotress is a cross between like a GM Kaya and a GM customs. Okay. If, if I were to really get technical about it. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Let's say that it's at a gm level, just for the sake of the conversation. Okay? Now, you can have different doctress classes based on what? Based on the Gundam classes that you have. Alright? So, remember what I had talked about in terms of the concept of having different salvage teams and stuff like that. Do you send out a doctress as a salvage team? Do you send out a Gundam as a salvage team? And then what does that actually breed? you know you you always have that angle that you're able to work from okay but the doctress itself is what it is a baseline gm kai style unit that's exactly what a doctress is okay then of course when you get to the gundam of gundam x all right what do you get then well you get highly refined you know or you get I'll put it this way um well rounded okay, Gundams, that on death can either become, you know, a husk that can revert to a bit, you know, if you wanted to do it like that, or could, you know, revert to some other, you know, setup that we'd want it to be based on just how we want to do the husk system. You know, keep in mind, you have the ability to convert over to bit, you have the ability to use it as a spell power, um... Um, You know, you have the ability to, to do X, Y, or Z. I mean, like, you know, as far as how the Husk thing goes, until you listen to that part of the audio, I really can't get any further into it. Because it would be like me talking about a hypothetical that could have no bearing whatsoever on, you know, a W, and then that would just be pretty dumb to do. Because then it would be like, well Doug, you hinged everything on this idea of a hypothetical that was never gonna happen because we either can't do this or this doesn't work for how we're gonna do things. But the whole point is, is that, you know, the Gundam dies, it leaves a husk, and then what do you, what do, you do with the husk? I mean, like, that's just the reality of what you got going on there. Okay? So like I said, you've got Dotresses, which are equivalent to GM Kai's. I think that's a fair way to look at this. Uh, then you have Gundams, which are a grade above they're literally a grade above, um, shall we say, or, or equal to, okay? You want to say uh, a grade above or equal to, at the very least, um, GM, you know, drop-in units. You've got that. So we could say that Gundam X is a little more pricier than you see, but there's a reason for that. And it's because you gain the advantages of higher, a higher ticketed, you know, mobile suit selection. That's exactly what you've got there, okay? Now, here's the thing about Gundam X that makes Gundam X Gundam X, all right? And it comes down to, like, for example, if we're going to use husks as spawn points for, you know, bits on the battlefield of a related, I'm sorry, of a related Gundam, uh, you know, system, whether it be Air Master, you know, uh, Gundam X, or, uh, you know, Leopard, If we're going to do something like that, you know, in the way that, that I would look at that, I would look at that and say, okay, this makes a lot of, you know, sense, you know, the fact that you have a bit system that you're able to effectively pay into for the sake of this conversation. And I know I am kind of working with a hypothetical here, um, that, is in a sense similar to the GM, you know, uh, MOL suit supply drop, but it's it's like a reverse on its face. Where the GM supply drop does what? Y- you bring in the GM, and then you know, there you go. Um, it's done based on a mission success. Where here with Gundam X, you're talking about a salvage success. If you sit up here and and successfully salvage you know, the mole suit husk, then guess what? That spawns bits for, you know, other husks that are on the battlefield. Like that's just effectively how that works for that Gundam, you know, and and you can see how a system like that can really play out to be a very interesting, you know, um, um, uh, you know, setup. Now, you know, keep in mind that the dotresses can be used in different ways. No one says that the dotress even needs to be used as a quote-unquote attack unit for the player to actually work with. No one even says that. The dotress can be a defense mechanism for the husk, if, if you want to look at it like that. So let's say that we use dotresses only in name only for the sheer purpose of defending the excavation site you know it's like one of those kind of deals you know so it's like okay fine mobile suit um you know dies meaning a gundam and then dotrices spawn and the dotrices are there to actually do what they're there to defend the mobile suit husk that is there from anything and everything, like that's, that's, that's what they're trying to do. You know, as a, as a scavenger type program. Or maybe that's what we have Dome do instead. You know, the whole purpose of Dome, aside from, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, is it actually defends the husk so that, you know, an enemy unit can't just sit up here and, you know, blow it to smithereens. But either way, you have yourself a situation where the player really does get to benefit from the whole idea of the, the, the husk exchange system that you have going on from a Gundam X perspective. It, it does. And, and this is one of the reasons to why I'm saying that Gundam X just makes more sense in the way that it works. Because we are able to play off of a Husk-based game in a way that we can't do with Gundam Wing. But it it drastically changes the dynamics of the Earth Federation and its presentation as well. You know, so when we basically get down to the fact that we're dealing with the Husk system and all the possibilities of what we can do with the Husk and then nail it down to what we actually want to do with the Husks, you know, of course, boom, there you go, Gundam Gundam X is, is, is in the bag. Okay, so this is why I feel gun and wing is just not the way to go because what we're doing is trying to work off of an income system um, that technically does work. But the problem is it doesn't actually help us out in the overall scheme of things as it stands right now. It just doesn't, you know. And, And like I said, we can better flush out Gundam wing based on the needs that we have after Gundam X is in the game. You know, so maybe we figure out that all you need are Leos and serpents and the talkies and that's it. And you don't need any mobile dolls and you don't need virtually, you know, um, evade Mercury's. And if that's what we find out, then that's cool. Or maybe what we do is we find out that, you know, based on how Gundam X is set up, how Gundam, you know, uh mobile suit Gundam is set up, meaning the UC universe, and then how Gundam Seed is set up, that this is what Gundam X actually needs, which is they do need a bait and they do need the Serpent, they do need um the Leos, and they do need the the Talgies. They need to have all, you know, of those units in their you know in their assortment. Okay? But then what also happens is we're also able to better define what the rules of those units are in terms of the general mobile suit, you know, our general purpose mobile suit design. So it could be a thing of Leo's cost, you know, for example, a thousand, um, but they give a thousand back. Serpents cost 2000. They give you, you know, 500, uh, back. Then you have, you know, um, the, Veit and Mercurius, which cost, you know, for the sake of the conversation, we'll say 4,000. All right. But they give you, you know, 200 back. And then you have the tall geese, which costs, you know, 4,000 and it gives you 200 back. All right. And what we're able to do is we're able to basically work with a system where the player, the more they up the ante on the mobile suit, you know, counter. Okay. The more they up the annual on the mobile suit counter, the lesser income they get back from, you know, the Alliance mobile suits, uh, purely based on that right there, or, you know, if it were Oz or, or whatever we choose. But I think you get the better point of what I'm talking about here is that the higher you go up on the totem pole, the higher the tier of mobile suit you go, the less income you get back based on that. Meaning that The more you invest in your mobile suits, the less of a return they're going to give you, you know, and, and that's probably how Gundam Wing would have to work. But again, I don't think we need to go down that road yet until we get Gundam X in the game. Now there's another part to this, okay, which is Gundam seed. And honestly, I think we do need to get Gundam seed in after we get in Gundam X, here's the reason why. Okay, here, here's the reason why. The problem with just doing Gundam X is Gundam X is an incomplete system. Okay, I think when we decided to play out the Earth Federation um, in, in the very beginning, we thought that we were going to be able to do a complete incomplete. That's what we were going to be able to do. Okay, and the fact is, you see Earth Federation at a quarter to a, you know, to a fifth of its overall, I would say, uh, Earth Federation, you know, on un- un- umbrella makeup, is able to play a medium game. I think that that's fair to say. You can play a medium game, and you can win with it. And, of course, you know, we had that one moment where the AI was, like, totally sparked, and it was doing everything the way it ought to do it. And then, of course, we realized that, you know, there were some attributes uh, or, or probabilities that were, were incorrect, you know, um, some probability or or variables that were incorrect, um, or variables of probabilities. There we go. Variables of probabilities that were incorrect in terms of their, their, um, you know, numbering, meaning that, you know, it was supposed to be 15%, not 1500%, so on and so forth. And then that drastically changed the, the, you know, UC, uh, system. I mean, like that, that's, that's basically what happened. Um, from that standpoint, like in other words, you're not getting just like drop in, you know, mobile suits just for the sake of getting drop in mobile suits every single time you kill something with a particular mobile suit. Okay. So now we realize that the earth federation is vastly more limited. Okay. Because of the percentages that we now have. Now that doesn't mean that we can't change the percentages. No, it it doesn't mean that, but what it does mean is that once, when we put in Gundam UC, what's going to? Ha- I'm sorry, Gundam X. What's going to happen? All right, the Earth Federation's going to, you know, be about, we'll say, forty to, we'll say, you know, fifty percent in. That's that's what's going to happen. All right. And what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to sit up here and structure dome the way we want to structure dome. We can sit up here and structure, you know, the Gundams the way we want to structure the Gundams. And then of course, you know, the dotresses can take the roles that they take and the wallabies can take the roles that they're going to take so on and so forth. And boom, there you go. It's a, it's a wrap from that end. Like, in other words, we did everything we were going to do with that segment. Okay. Which in turn makes a lot of sense. Okay, but the reality is you're still gonna have a gap. Okay? Now, now, what does, what does that mean? What does the gap actually represent? Like, for example, does the gap actually represent that the Earth Federation player, okay, is going to be able to play the game on a medium hard, but not play the game on hard? Or is the Earth Federation player going to be able to play the game on an easy hard, but not a solid normal hard? Okay, and this becomes the problem of the Earth Federation. Okay, in short, which is by only having half of the faction in at that point, or up to half of the faction in, we then get stuck in the scenario of, okay, now that we have half of the faction in, we now need to set up the Earth Federation where they actually have the ability to fulfill a full-fledged battle. But they can't do it because they only got half the shit that they actually need. Now, there's a plus side to this whole conversation. And you know what this is telling us? We're not just throwing shit in the game to throw shit into the game. Okay? So basically, once when we put Gundamex in the game, all right? We're going to see basically on the progress bar here how good does the Earth Federation get? If the Earth Federation gets to a point where it can play a hard game, like let's say they put Gunamex, we put Gundamex in the game and the Earth Federation ha- has the ability to play a hard game, but it can't play a brutal game. All right? Then we know we're in the right zone. We already know that, you know, Gundam X should be somewhere in the right zone, so then if we want to get to Brutal status, what are we going to do? We put in Gundam Seed. That's what we do. Now, here's why I would like to do Gundam Seed after we do Gundam uh, AW, or I would like to do Gundam Seed before we do Gundam AW. Doesn't make a difference to me, actually, on how this works, Okay. Understand, I think that Gundam Seed and Gundam AW need to go hand-in-hand. Gundam Wing, not so much. Okay, and again, this is nothing against Gundam Wing. It's, I don't want Gundam Wing to become a crutch for the Earth Federation. I don't want it to be something where, yeah, they were able to hang on to that income, and that's why they did such a great job. And then what happens is we end up losing out on the finer aspects of the other factions within the game. The other thing is this, is that I don't want there to be a level of redundancy too. I I don't think that you need to have a level of redundancy in this faction with as many sub factions as you're going to have. So you have a highly diverse culture between, you know, UC, AW and CE. Okay. You have that. Now, Here's my attitude on Gundam Seed. The first thing is this. I think it needs to go into the game. Here's the reason why. Number one, I've got all the models, basically, that we should need. Okay, just flat out, I should have all the models that we should need in terms of the Dagger, in terms of the Wyndham, and also, I might even arguably say, we've got what we need for the Gundams. Okay, so that part should already be taken care of. That's number one. Number two, I have finally developed a system that I think will work for Gundam Seed in a highly unique fashion that I honestly believe may negate the need for Gundam Wing entirely. So, allow me to explain this. Okay, so there was another reason to getting rid of Gundam Wing and putting it off to the side burner was the fact that we could treat Gundam Seed a little differently. So to begin with, um, and, and now we're going to go into Gundam Seed here, the first thing that we have to understand is is that each sub-faction has a baseline mobile suit system, okay? You've got GMs for the Earth Federation, you have Dottresses for, you know, um, well, the Earth Federation uh, of Gundam, you know, X. And then you have daggers. Okay, so so you basically have daggers. All right. And one of the things that's, like, really interesting is how these mobile suits basically present themselves on the battlefield. Like, for example, you know, why would you choose a dagger over a GM? Or why would you choose a Dottress Over a, you know, dagger. And here's what I would say. The GM, in the way that it's currently structured right now, is just basically gonna be a frontline unit of assault that does its thing, calls in other GM support, and, and, and that's the magic to the GM. The Doctress's fate would be undetermined, because it would come down to, does the Doctress just fulfill the role of an errand boy D- is that what it does you know um in other words doctresses don't act independently in the way that gms do but what they do instead is they fulfill roles of errand boys like for example you know they basically act as a defensive base um protectorate of a husk okay they do that or what they do is they go out and act as a, you know, um, as a support scan system, um, for, you know, the AW faction. Like, in other words, it, there's a support power that you can use, and and the doctor's squad will go out and actually, you know, scan for an area, so on and so forth. Um, think of it like Nod's salamander but without being able to do like an in-field design. In other words, you just can't build the dotress as an independent system. You can't do that. And of course that may go to the, you know, uh wallaby based on just, I want to say that, that, that scenario. So th- at this point, when I'm thinking of the dotress, just off the top of my head, what I'm o- honestly thinking of is a mobile suit. That is more of an Aaron boy mobile suit, meaning that it's not the main mobile suit that you're going to be building that of course would be going to the gundam you know so the way it would work with aw is the player would effectively invest in you know gundams of aw and then the dotches themselves would basically be like a kind of you know errand system um that just represent oh here's a scan or oh here's a defensive uh per- uh parameter or oh you know this here is a given you know um, strike or, oh, this is going to be this. Or, oh, that's going to be that. So on and so forth. Like, that's what the Dodgers, uh represents. Now, the dagger is a little different. Okay? The dagger is a little different. Okay? And, yeah, we are talking about them seed here. Uh, so, I, I don't want you to sit up here and think I'm getting lost in this Dotress mess. I'm not, actually. The dagger is a little different. Um, in the way that I see the dagger, I see the dagger as a cheap GM. That's what I do. I, I When I look at the dagger on the baseline... I see the dagger on the baseline as a cheap GM, okay? And, and and I want you to try to work with me here for a moment, okay? So here's how it works for Gundam Seed. Remember, in Gundam UC, they use the Minoski Particle Fusion Generator. That's what they use, okay? That's how it works in Gundam you know, uh, UC. All right. So they're using basically a Minoski particle reactor system. All right. In Gundam X, what they're using is a sub, you know, fusion reactor. Okay. So again, they're using like a, a nuclear power system. They use a nuclear power system in Gundam, um, Gundam UC And then in AW, Gundam X, they use another reactor system. However, however, in Gundam Seed, they don't use reactor systems. What they use is they use battery-powered systems. So what does this mean? Well, the first thing that this means is that, A, if I'm using a giant battery versus you using a reactor system obviously, which one is more expensive versus which one being cheaper. Okay, let me break it down to you like this. I can sit up here and, you know, go to Best Buy and pick up, you know, for less than, you know, um, $10 with my employee, actually less than $6 with my employee discount, 60 uh, AAA batteries. Okay, that's what I can do. Okay. That's that's I have the ability to do that, okay, with my employee discount. I just did it like actually on Sunday now that's a battery. You talk about a reactor system. I don't care what kind of employee discount you have. if you are trying to sit up here and put a reactor system um to power up your home, yeah, that's gonna cost you like somewhere in the millions to probably. Uh, when it's all, you know, finalized and all the red tape's been done, like a billion bucks. Okay, so needless to say, batteries cost less than reactor systems do. Okay? Now, we're not talking about, you know, the magical system of the reactor system itself. Okay, so I don't care about whether it's Minovsky particle, I don't care if it's a fusion, reaction, uh, reactor system. I I don't care about any of that. The bottom line is it's still more expensive than a battery. So what does this automatically do? Well, this automatically reduces the cost of the dagger. That's what it does. Okay. But what else does it do? Well, obviously the dagger is not made on par with a GM. And the reason to why the the dagger cannot be built on par with a GM or a dagger, is due to the fact that it does use a battery-based system. So that means that there are obviously things that have been done to it so that it can work efficiently as a mobile suit, but doesn't quite give the same, dare I say, output as an actual mobile suit does. Okay? Now, if we do some Gundam seed math here, okay, we know that the Freedom has more than, or, or has like, roughly about five times the output of the strike, okay? Now, the strike uses a battery-based system. The Freedom uses a fusion generator or a f- or a fission generator. In other words, it uses a reactor system, okay? So if you were talking about the... Strike, as good as the strike is, what's its problem? Its output is simply just not there in the overall scheme of things in comparison to the freedom. The freedom would be built like a traditional Gundam mobile suit. Okay, even if you took RX-78, let's say you just took RX-78. RX-78's output, for the sake of the conversation, would be five times greater based on that analogy than the strike. Now, am I saying that the RX78's output is 5 times greater than the strike? No, I'm not. Not in the way that Kiryamata was talking about it anyways. I would I, you know based on the, on on uh on the Gundam Seed, you know, uh, you know, show or series. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. Um and if it were, you know, 5 times greater than the strike, then it, it depends on where that 5 times greater is at. You know, is it, you know, based on its um, magnetic armor, you know, uh, mobility, is, is that where it's at? You know, it's a magnetic armor coating, which gives it greater mobility. Um, is that factored into it? Is it just the beam rifle that actually gets all the juice from the generator? I mean, like, I, 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 again, I don't know how you would um, necessarily quantify that. And I'm not trying to quantify it. Okay, actually I'm not. That's not what this, this audio is about. But basically what it speaks to is that you have a power deficiency issue. Okay, that's what you have. Alright. Ironically though, at the same time, what do you have? You have weapon packs, don't you? Yeah, you got weapon packs. So, so you got these like, you know, utility packs or weapon packs or a pack system, however we want to talk about the pack. And you know they're using what is it? Energy weapons. They're using um, you know uh, you know flight systems. They're using you know kinetic weapons. They're using all sorts of things. Okay, but the one thing to keep in mind is that you have a certain grade of of the pack system that is highly energy intensive. That's what you have. Now that's what I want to concentrate on here, or concentrate on uh, here for a moment, okay? Because you have different grades of daggers, right? You have different grades of daggers. You have, like, for example, um, your baseline strike dagger, all right? Then you end up having, like, you know, I believe it's the the uh, long dagger or the L dagger. It's like actually those are two different daggers. Like the L dagger is different from the long dagger. But anyways, let's just say that you got like a you know an advanced dagger class. And then you have like the slaughter dagger, you know, you've got that. And then somehow you get up there with the Wyndham, you know, and I I don't even know why they even came out with the Wyndham other than they kind of realized the whole dagger concept wasn't working the way they thought it was. And they said, oh, let's just pivot over to this thing called a Wyndham. And yeah, it's going to be so awesome. And then they totally fucked that thing up. So it, it really doesn't matter from that end. But what I'm saying is this, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Which is you have different daggers. All right. But let's say for the conversation, the sake of the conversation, the dagger is not what actually is going to matter here. Let's say that it's the grade of the pack. Like, for example, let's say that I want to do long-range artillery. Okay, well, there are two main ways that I can do long-range artillery. I can use a longhorn pack. Okay, I can do that. Okay, which gives me two, like, you know, um, light artillery cannons. I could sit up here and do that, or I'm assuming they're light artillery. But anyways, you get, like, two light artillery cannons. Or what I can do is I can do a launcher pack, which is a heavy beam weapon, heavy beam launcher weapon. Now, let's think about this for a moment here. Okay, let's, let's just think about this for a moment. What is the advantage to the Longhorn Pack? Well, the advantage to the Longhorn Pack is the fact that it doesn't consume energy, which means what? Which means it is more feasible on the battlefield from an energy consumption perspective, which means it doesn't create a wear and tear on your mobile suit's power source. I think you're about to see where I'm going with this, okay? Okay. So let's say, you know, I use the launcher pack. What's the advantage to the launcher pack? Well, energy consumption is definitely not an advantage of the launcher pack. The advantage to the launcher pack is the fact that it's highly more destructive. That's the advantage to it when it comes down to it. And it's highly more accurate as well. So this is why you use the launcher pack. But the downside to it is what? The downside, of course, deals with—you've got it—it it deals with the energy consumption. So you get into the situation where you have different grades of 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 um, daggers, but you also have different grades of packs that you can have based on what you're going after. Now, the grade of the pack is important, and here's the reason why. Okay the daggers are going to cost less than the GMs. Okay. I think that that's a, just a, a God given there that the, the daggers cost less than the GMs, but how do you supplement the cost of the dagger where you make it less than the GM? Well, it's simple. You supplement the cost of the dagger based on energy consumption. Okay. So, Each dagger that the player produces, let's just say for the sake of the conversation, each dagger at the baseline, like a strike dagger, just a basic strike dagger, takes up two points of power. Then the long dagger, okay, for the sake of the conversation, we'll say takes up, you know, three points of power. And then we'll say a a Wyndham takes up four points of power. Okay, so you have three different grades of daggers, and each of them take up a certain amount of energy off of your power grid. The more daggers you build, just basically the greater your power grid needs to become. Okay? But then what happens is you have your weapon swaps. Okay, you have weapon swaps. And, I'm sorry, not weapon swaps, but you have uh, pack swaps, alright? Not weapon swaps. I meant to say pack swaps. And, based on the pack swap you choose, what happens? Well, you have pack swaps that are effective based on the level that they're at. But their effectiveness also is based upon their energy consumption. now, Let's tie this into the Gundam. Dun, dun, dun. So let's say that the player produces a Gundam, alright? Well, the Gundam is going to take five points of of uh, energy consumption, okay? It takes five points of energy consumption, meaning that the Gundam is cheaper to produce on the seed side than it is on other, you know, um, sub-faction sides. However, the Gundam has a limitation and it is, of course, it's, you know, phase shift or, or transphase armor. Okay. So you have a, a, uh, basically a different system here. Okay. Because remember, you're talking about GMs, or GM-grade mobile suits, that once, when they turn on the, you know, um, transphase or phase shift, they then become of a Gundam status. That's what happens there, okay? So, so, you actually see how smart this is from a production standpoint, okay? I'm quite sure you can see how very, very smart this is, in fact, okay, from a gameplay perspective. Because what you have to understand here is Gundam seed actually comes in at a lower cost than even UC does. And even their Gundams come in at a lower cost than, a, than, than any of the other, uh, supporting factions. However, there is a double edged sword to this. You get, a lower cost, but it's, but the mobile suit's effectiveness is based on power consumption. Okay. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at a, a, a sub faction that literally is being based on the consumption of power from the power grid. So, so how does this work for us? Well, here's basically how it works. Okay. Okay. Let's say, from a gameplay perspective, you build a Gundam, all right? You build a a Gundam Strike, okay? Strike Ale. We'll just say you build a Gundam Strike Ale. And what happens with the Gundam Strike Ale is is you build, like, three of them, okay? And you send them out onto the battlefield, and, of course, you know, they're going to basically try to do their thing, okay? Whatever their thing is, all right? Now, the Strike Ales work really, really good. Okay, but also what you've done as a player is due to the fact that you produce the strike ale, you also are in a scenario where you have daggers that have, you know, strike ale packs or windoms that have strike ale packs. Okay, so this is how it works, alright? You build a strike ale, then all of a sudden, you get mobile suits that are designated with strike ale packs, okay? Daggers that are that are designated with them. The Gundam goes out and does its thing, and it's totally fine. It it just you know basically um, attacks the enemy, boom, 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 and for every kill that the Gundam does, um, let's say for the sake of the conversation here. Nothing happens. Everything is flatlined. Everything is good. But for those daggers, okay, that go out and have those ale packs each time they go out and engage an enemy, okay, and they attack an enemy, what happens is you have a decrease... You lose a point. Okay. You lose a point off of your, you know, um, uh, power grid. You lose one point. Okay. So let's say that, you know, you're using, um, just, you know, uh, you're using windoms. Okay. I'm going to say you're going to use windoms with ale packs because the windom actually use the ale pack. So let's say you're doing windoms with ale packs, right? Well, the windom is a powerful unit. And because it's a powerful unit, it has four points. So each time the Wyndham goes out and attacks something, what happens? You lose four points off your power grid. If it were like the L dagger, okay, let's say because it's three points, you lose three points off your power grid. If it's the slaughter dagger, because it's two points, you lose two points off your power grid, okay? Each time that unit engages an enemy unit and attacks, Okay, now don't hold me to these numbers here, okay, all right, because you might be looking at it and saying, Doug, there's no way on earth you can sit up here and um, have the Wyndham fire its weapon, and then each time it fires its weapon and kills something, um, you know, it loses, uh it, or it costs the player four points. I mean, like, if that were the case, if you sent out ten Wyndhams, you know, and they each fired their weapon at one singular target... That would be ten times four, which is forty that would drop right off your your um you know your 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 power bar you know that wouldn't make any sense at all okay so don't don't hold me on the numbers here okay I'm just trying to to get you to visualize what I'm talking about so basically you build a gundam it goes out and does the thing that it does, which is totally awesome. then what happens is you go out uh, that there are daggers that inherit they inherit the Gundam tech right so when these daggers go out with the inheriting of the gun and tech and they go out and do their thing, as they attack other enemy units, when they fire their weapons, you know, their cost in points then are, of course, um, you know, reducing your, uh, your, your overall sum of your power guard. In other words, they're... They're causing a deductible from the power grid, okay? Now, when the power grid falls into the red, what happens? Well, what happens is the Gundam then does a countdown, okay? Because it's running out of energy, so it's now doing its countdown. When the Gundam does its countdown, okay, when it gets to zero, all right? When it gets to zero, the Gundam itself is off the battlefield, okay, it's gone, it, it, it basically diffuses, its phase shift armor is out, boom, it's over, that's it, the Gundam's done, okay? Now, how I would like to do this is I would like to take the countdown of the Gundam's phase shift armor and actually put it up into the top left-hand corner in the way that a nuclear launch would be done or an ion cannon strike would be done, so you could see how like impactful this would be from the standpoint of a Gundam Seed player. Not only do you know your shit's counting down, the enemy knows it too. Okay, that's how this works. Now, when when the Gundam loses, okay, all of its power, then what happens to the Gundam? Well, the Gundam at that point, of course, um, can either stay on the battlefield as a you know, GM, if it were, if we want to do that, or the Gundam could, and this is a could here, could basically, you know, just, you know, be extracted from the battlefield, like an archangel comes in, grabs the thing, and then, you know, that's that. I mean, like, however it happens, I I really don't care. Okay, if you want the unit to stay because you don't want it to go back to base, because you feel if it goes back to base, it's like a core fighter design and you don't want that, and you might be looking at it and saying, "Ah, oh, all the problems we had with the core fighter, you know, mess, I don't want to deal with that. Then, yeah, we can just let the Gundam sit up here and fight till it dies, and then that's that. Okay? But the idea here is this, is the player constructs a Gundam. Okay? The Gundam has whatever pack attribute that it's been given, based on what the player chose. Then what happens is certain daggers inherit that pack as well. When those daggers go out and do their business, what they do is they cause a deductible on the power grid. When that power grid falls in the red, when it falls in the red, at that point, you then see a countdown for the Gundam. Now the countdown for the Gundam should basically uh, be based off of, I want to say, it's, it's build time. So like in other words, if it takes 30 seconds to build the Gundam, then the Gundam has 30 seconds on which it, it it has until it runs out of power and then becomes normal okay now i li- sorry ooh that was bad i like this method i love this method and the reason why i love this method is because it allows for the earth federation to use seed anyway where seed comes in at a lower cost that's my key thing here seed comes in at a much lower cost than what the other factions would And contrast that to Gundam AW, Seed definitely comes at a much lower cost than what AW does. All right? However, there is a detractor. The detractor is the power grid. So when when we sit up here and think about Seed, and, and, and we think about, you know, how awesome is Seed, yada, 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 so on and so forth, what's the main problem that Seed runs into? Seed has to figure out a way to balance its power grid with its mobile suit performance. You see how this works here. And and I think you can see how this actually plays for the seed player. So the way it would work for the seed player is this. The seed player basically gets themselves into a situation where, yeah, they have good mobile suits, okay, to fight with. They do, especially for what they cost. But on the flip side of that, what happens is they can lose the momentum of their faction as quickly as they gain it through the power grid. That's what it is. Now, I I, I think that this sets Seed up in a very, very different light than what we talked about with... Um, with a gundam a w and definitely then a different light than what you have with u c because u c is all about stability like like quite honestly quite honestly here uh if we were to look at seed, you would choose seed based on its overall stability that 's what you would do the fact that you send out mobile suits, the mobile suits sit up here and and you know basically um, are able to to take out the enemy you know that they're meant to take out and they are rewarded based on that. That's how it works with them, okay? And this is why they work so well at what they do, okay, from a gameplay perspective. That's just the honest truth about it. That's what makes UC work so well. You understand, if I kill this shit, I get this as a reward, point blank, end of story. That's how it works, all right? Now, when we talk about Gundam x gundam x works off of a very different mechanical system to begin with they work off of wreckage they kill enemy units you've got wreckage there that eventually can be turned over into cash you lose your gundam okay it becomes wreckage but in becoming wreckage it also becomes a quote unquote spawn point you like that there spawn point for a bit system You know, you had that. In other words, it becomes a treasure trove for, for wreckage. That's what happens when you kill a Gundam, which is, which is something we, we've never done before. We haven't done that, you know? Um, so what you're actually able to do is you're able to create a force multiplier through death, not like the do though. Okay. It's, it's in the way that it works for Gundam. Okay. But this is the advantage of after war, you know? You kind of got, like, these weird little spawn points of, well, the Gundam died here, so this is a spawn point. The Gundam died right here, so this is a spawn point. The Gundam died right here, this is a spawn point. And guess what? Oh, Gundam Leopard went to one of the spawn points. Now what happened is, the spawn point's going to disappear, but from the other Gundam spawn points, I'm going to gain Leopard bits. You know, so on and so forth. You see how this actually works. Okay? Okay. So you have a very different system. The catch to it, though, is you got to pay into it to get it out, you know? And, th- and that's kind of like, ah, oh, you know, it's a lot of money. All right? But then you got Gundam Seed. Okay, and Gundam Seed works off of a very different mechanic. First off, we're talking low-priced mobile suits, number one. Secondly, what you're talking about is the ability to accessorize these mobile suits with different capabilities, or I'm sorry, different capabilities. Now... You can lowball it if you want to and use kinetic weapons if that's what you want to do. Or you may decide, okay, here's what I'm going to do instead. What I'm going to do is I'm going to highball it. And then if you highball it, then what happens? You get caught up in energy weapons for the most part. And getting caught up in energy weapons, why is that important? Well, the reason to why that is important is it's because that cuts against the grain of the power grid. In cutting against the grain of the power grid, what does that do? Well, it limits the lifespan of your Gundam. That's what it does. And that in and of itself is important. Okay, so like one of the reasons to why I like this system is because it's a system where it actually makes sense when you think about it, okay? We need to sit up here and basically point out the fact that in Gundam Seed, they use batteries. Well, what's the best way to show that they use batteries? It's a power grid. Also, batteries drain. What's the best way to sit up here and show drainage? All right, through given, you know, attack patterns. All right, of assault, through daggers. Okay, then, of course, you have to show a consequence, What is the Mobile Suit of Consequence? It is the Gundam. It's just that simple. So I like this because I think that this makes the Earth Federation a well-rounded faction. You have different dichotomies going on all at the same time. And what it speaks to is the fact that they all fall under one umbrella, which is the key thing here. Now, the thing about Gundam Wing that I like the most is this. The idea doesn't necessarily have to go any further than this. It doesn't. So, you know, we don't have to basically set ourselves up in a scenario where, as, you know, players, um, we need to make Gundam Wing some crazy elaborate system. We don't have to do that at all. It's very simple. Okay? You have daggers. Daggers are equipped with, you know, pack whatever, all right? And in being equipped with their weapon swap, if the pack qualifies for energy consumption, guess what? You have energy consumption. It falls into the red on the power grid. Guess what? The Gundam is then hit with a time uh, a countdown. Once when that countdown is over, guess what? Boom. It's the Gundam's bye-bye. And you got to go out and build another Gundam. That's what you got to do. That's how it works, but that's what makes it so damn awesome, you know? So you really get a, I want to say an advantage in how this works for the player, you know, if you do it right. If a player is good at power management, you know, and and think about it here. If you're good at logistics, UC works really well for you, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Um, or even arguably, I would say, um, what's its face? AW. But if you're good at power management, if you're good at resource management, then that's where Gundam C just takes the cake. If you know what you're doing. Now, um, there is a second half to this and I want to get into that here. Okay. Which is going with the, um... You know, black guys versus the white guys, or in short, going with um, the idea of the white daggers versus the black daggers and how I would like this to work. okay so i would I would like to try something here to see if we could pull this off, and maybe we can pull it off, maybe we can't. So my attitude is this is what we do is we have basically the phantom pain system and then we have you know the regular system like a boo- blue cosmos system here wait one moment okay sorry so um let me let me address what I was going to say now so my my thing is this is that I would like to try something um and here's what I would actually like to try um I would like to try a system where basically you have the white half and you have the dark half like think of it like chess, okay, you know how you have the black pieces and the white pieces, okay, and the way it works is that it's a reversed mirrored role, okay now, the first thing is this is. My idea behind the mirror role is that the player has two different styles that they can play from. They can play from the white half, which basically means that the white mobile suits work as the daggers, as the detractors. And the Gundam is the quote-unquote promoter. And I'll talk about that here in a second. And then you have the black half where the Gundam is the detractor and the daggers are the promoters. Okay. So allow me to explain what I'm talking about here. Okay. About, um, detractors and promoters. The idea with the system that I'm trying to go after here is this. The player on the white half, it works in a way where they, create their Gundam, okay? When they create their Gundam, obviously you get the accessory pack that you, you, you know, chime in for, that you choose, okay? That's, that's just that, okay? Not a problem, okay? But also what the Gundam does is the Gundam gives or grants a bonus to the actual player's mobile suits, okay? in terms of the ones that are applicable to seed. okay So you gain basically like a, a bonus if you will okay. Um, so like let's say that it's a 10% you know bonus of resilience or it's a 20% bonus of resilience or a 30% bonus of resilience. Basically the way it works is the seed faction gets more powerful as the Gundams effectively like LVL up. Think of it as a morale bonus. Okay? However, the daggers, because of how they work, they get the bonus, but the issue that the daggers run into is the fact that they act as a detractor. When they go out and fight, okay, again, with the applicable, you know, energy consumption packs, what happens is this. They take away from the the power grid. Now, when the power grid falls into the red what then happens okay th- what then happens is the gundam has a a uh, period of time okay it has a period of time where basically it is able to enact all right that bonus that it has all right so so basically like think of it like this okay um the gundam was able to you know, stock up on this, that, and the other. Okay, during its you know um, killing phase. All right, the timer comes in, and it has a forty percent bonus killing phase. All right, so now that forty percent bonus, when the timer comes in, goes directly to the daggers. Alright, so now the daggers have this 40% killing phase. Okay, for 30 seconds, because that's how long it took to build the gun and was 30 seconds. So then what happens is after 30 seconds expires, the daggers lose their bonus, but in addition to losing the bonus, also what happens is they gain a penalty. Okay, they gain a penalty. Alright. So, the penalty that the daggers actually gain is an attribute modifier that once when the power is dropped to the red... Or, or I'm sorry, once when the Gundam walks off the battlefield, the daggers actually, you know, for 30 seconds, okay, in this case, we'll just say 30 seconds, um, the daggers actually lose their... Their armor modifier. Okay? So the armor that they would normally have, okay, which would say that, you know, they're 50% against kinetics, 75% against ballistics, so on and so forth, that drops to zero. Okay? And at that point, the daggers are fighting with just HP alone. That's it. There's no armor there, it's purely just HP. Okay? Now, the idea behind this is that It's supposed to represent morale, okay? That's the whole idea behind it. So think of Gundam Seed, all right? And think about how when the Earth Federation is winning, it's like winning in Gundam Seed, right? But then what happens when the Earth Federation is losing? Well, it's losing in Gundam Seed. This is effectively how the faction is meant to work, okay, from the standpoint of what I'm trying to do with it. My whole idea behind it is we actually set it up so that you have a morale clause. Okay. When the, when the Gundam is, is kicking ass and doing its job and nothing's in its way, guess what? The daggers are too. However, if the player mismanages their resources in terms of power grid, what happens is when the Gundam dips into the red, you have that 30, you know, second or, or 45 second or 60 second moment where the Gundam basically goes, you know, all out, that's what it does, it's going all out okay, and at that time the daggers are trying to go all out too they're trying to do it because you know, it's it's that nitty and gritty point, alright, but then what happens is when the Gundam runs out of you know, it's its uh, phase shift or trans phase, depending on the, the armor type we're talking about, okay um, what happens is, not only does it lose its armor modifier but then the daggers also lose their armor modifier as well Okay, they lose their, they lose their armor. So then what happens is they become on the losing streak of things. Okay, that's what happens there. So you can see how this system actually is meant to work. Okay, now this, obviously, okay, if I said that's how the white half works, then you can obviously imagine how the black half works, which is basically The Gundam is the one that drains the power on on the black inside of things. And the Daggers are the actual, you know, promoter, if you will. In the sense that they don't drain power, they simply just add performance. That's what they do. Okay? They're the ones who stock up on performance in that sense. Okay, so there there are two different types of, of classes that the player can play with. They can play with a Gundam promoter class or they can play with a, a dagger prom- promoter class. Now, the advantage to the dagger promoter class is the fact that you are talking about using like the slaughter daggers and things like that. In other words, you are talking about using better performing daggers from that standpoint. In other words, they are what the Gundam is supposed to be on the white end. Except in this case, it's just sub- subsequently just passed over to daggers um, on on the black end, where the daggers are on the white end. You know, a detractor, the Gundam becomes the, the detractor. Now, depending on the player and, and their way of, of, of game style, it, it, honestly, it just it, it depends which one works best for them. Okay. Now, the other thing I would point out in this too is stealth versus stealth detection okay, the white half gets stealth detection. The black half is stealth. Okay, so we could also do that too. So that to me just makes a really awesome combination of how things actually work. Now, when I say that the white half is stealth detection, I'm not saying that all white daggers have stealth detection. That would be stupid. No, they don't. What I'm saying is is that, for example, we might look at the wingdom, okay? in the white wingdom actually has stealth detection, where the Black Wyndham is actually stealthed. Okay, you see where I'm going with this, okay? Do you see what I'm trying to do here? But the idea is basically to develop a system that really does play off of itself, and the player gets to choose which half do they want to be on. Do they want to be on the Blue Cosmos half, or do they want to be on Phantom Pain's half? Do they want to be on the half where the Gundam is the main central piece that you worry about, um or do you want to be on the half where the daggers are the ones that you worry about? Because in the way that this works, you know, whether you do the white half or the black half or the black half or the white half, um the player basically has to worry about one subsequent thing. And it could be the Gundam or it could be the dagger. You know, but understand if you have a falling out of the Gundam or the dagger based on which one the detractor is, the other one is going to hurt from that. They do actually do hurt from that. So it, it's not like if you go to the black half and you say, okay, well, the Gundam is going to be my detractor in this, you know, I'm not going to hurt. Okay. From an attributic standpoint, I'm not going to, you know, hurt my, um, uh, my, uh, you know, uh, dagger class by, you know, um, you know, using the Gundam, um, excessively. No, you will, you will actually hurt yourself, you know, your dagger class by using your Gundam excessively. That's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, like, again, yeah, you will have a system where, Basically, you'll go all out for like 30 or 45 or however long many seconds that you're talking about there, but the problem ultimately will become what? The problem will become um, simply that you lose your attribute modifiers and you end up with zeros, you know, and you lose morale, you know, it's a way of showing that you lose morale. So when you start losing daggers like left and right based on the fact that you have no armor, uh, attached to them, then you quickly do realize, wow, this really wasn't, you know, the best of ideas here. Um, I need to go back and rethink my plan. Okay. Now you may be wondering, Doug, why do you want to do a system like this? Well, the reason why I want to do a system like this is because this is a check and balance. Okay. I don't want players investing in Gundams and then trying to overly excessively use Gundams um, from the Seed standpoint in the same way that I don't want players excessively using daggers and trying to, you know, um, just dagger their way through something. You know, so in the way that this plays, this is set up in a way where the player is going to want to play with Seed because Seed has an income... um, you know, an income consumption advantage. That's what they have over UC. And that's what they have over AW. But why do you have to be cautious about playing with seed? Or why can you only play with seed sparingly? Well, the reason to why you can only play with seed sparingly is because depending on the conflict that you get into seed can only go so far. Like think about the system that I, that I'm talking about here. It's not feasible to use that necessarily at an epic game level. So, what I was saying was this. Um, basically, uh, if you think about this system and how it would work, um, for Seed especially, uh, you may not necessarily want to lead into an epic game with them, uh, simply due to the sheer attrition of what you're going to be dealing with. And keep in mind that, depending on how the player does it, I mean, obviously they'll have the Gundam as a detractor or the Daggers as a detractor, the Gundam as a promoter, or the, you know, Dagger as the promoter on the flip side of however that works. Um, But ultimately this shows why the other sub factions do work within this given system. Um, and, And I think that that's one of the real important things that you have to look at here is why the other factions actually do coexist with The seed faction and how this is going to be laid out, you know, so in the way that it might work is beginning game seed works pretty well due to their lower costs so on and so forth. Then what happens is you jump over to, you know, um, you know, UC and then you finish it off with a W. You know, it may work like that simply due to the fact that AW is more super power driven and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, it, it could be the exact opposite. The player wants to establish a good eco um, set... Uh, or I'm sorry, not a good eco, but a, a good um, foundation beginning game with, you know, tougher units. So what do they do? They decide to go, you know, gun to mech's. Then what happens is they decide to go, you know, at a lower cost, um, with a Gundam, you know, uh, a Gundam UC. And then what happens after that is they finish it off with, you know, a Gundam seed. I mean, like it, it's, it, it, it can happen any which way. I mean, or it could be a simple thing of you start with UC, then go into seed, then go AW. Or you start with AW, go into seed, and then, bounce back to AW. You know, like I said, there are different ways for this to actually work. But the bottom line to it is, is that you have a system in play where you see the benefits of the other systems. That's what you see, you know. So that's one of the main things that I'm looking at here in terms of doing them next um, versus trying to just say, okay, well, you know, we were going to do one of the, you know... Um sub factions and then leave the other the others hanging you know now, after we get done with that, we can then see where Gundam wing would stand. We can definitely see that um because I don't think after we get done with something like that that mobile dolls will necessarily be a a uh a necessity I just don't believe that they would actually be a necessity based on this analogy uh, that I gave you, especially when you factor in the seed factor, um, because they basically alleviate cost. I mean, that's the whole thing. Rather than trying to sit up here and have a mobile suit that basically employs income, I think it would be smarter for us to start off with mobile suits that alleviate income and see where, where that works. Then, what we're also able to see is, you know, from an economy standpoint, um, how important of a role does Wing need to play, if any at all, versus the other two factions in corresponding to where um, Gundam Seed sets? You know, so I, I think that that's, you know, what we actually need to look at. I don't think that we necessarily need to be, you know caught up in a, in a situation where, you know, effectively what we've done is we've set the player up in a way where they are realistically not going to benefit from a kind of, shall we say, strategical purpose um, and all they have to do is just go out and kill stuff and, and then, you know, just, you know, bounce off that. Um, that's what I really want to try to avoid doing as of now, in regards to Gundam Wing. And the reason to why I want to do that, of course, is X's system is so robust in the way that we've talked about it. Seed's system is so robust in the way that we talked about it. We definitely know that all we have to do is modify percentages on, you know, UC's end, and, and, and they've got it made. I mean, they do, and and that's what we need to keep in mind. Now, this is not supposed to be a a uh, denouncing of Gun and Wing, Okay, again, I'm not saying they shouldn't be in the game. What I'm saying is, is that after we get the other two factions in, sub factions in, we can then look at Gunwing and, and say, okay, are they going to be in the game? And now, why are they in this game? Are they in it for the income? Okay, fine, they're in it for the income. If that's what they're going to be in it for. Then after that, it comes down to, okay, based on the concept of, you know, general purpose frame design, what do you actually gain as a player from that given standpoint? You know, and understand what we might end up doing is ultimately, um, modifying some roles within the sub factions. Like for example, we may decide that the player gets, you know, in, in, I'm saying after we do all this, we may decide to basically strengthen the definitive sides of each faction before we even think about putting seed in. So like for my example, um, you look at UC right now, UC is set up anyway, where only the units from the Pegasus class, Basically have the ability to deploy, you know, uh, mobile suits on, on, um, success. What we may do is we may end up doing the same thing with the big tray class. You know, and, and, and what I mean by that is we may set it up where if you use, you know, um, m- mobile suit, you know, GM 79, okay. You deploy GM Sniper. Um, when you use Mobile Suit, you know RGM seventy nine. You deploy you know GM Customs or A GM Customs. When you deploy Mobile Suit, you know um, RG, uh, you know uh, the RGC. Um, you deploy you know GM Kai. You know whatever it is. I don't know. Um, but you get my point to what I'm actually saying here, okay, which is, you know, we may decide to, based on how these factions flush out, go with something that is more linear in nature, so this way the player looks at it and says, oh, okay, I totally get what you're trying to do, this is what I'm going to do here as a result, you know. Um, so, you know, we may decide to strengthen that part of UC and leave their economy system just just the way it is and say, okay... UC you, you is going to be purely just a mobile suit supplement force. Like, that's all they're going to be from, from beginning to end. This is what they are, and, and, and that's just how it's going to work. And then, of course, with, you know, um, you know, AW, ultimately with AW, what you're looking at is you're looking at, you know, subsequently executing, you know, the, the superpowers of the Gundams and stuff like that. So, you know... It could be that they are, of course, centered around ultimately that right there, you know the idea of bits and superpowers you know and 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 that's how that works, you know, but the reason why you gain the bits is to execute the superpower, not to just use the bits to fight in combat, which is a different different scenario, you know, um, and likewise, you know see it of course. Is what I've, I've, I've already explained. I don't think I need to go into that any further. So m- my point to it is after you've got all that down, then you're able to look at seed and say, okay, okay, we, we have each sub faction in, we strengthen each hand of each sub faction to make them more definitive. Now why again are we looking at wing? Um, from the standpoint, like, like what's the point of looking at wing? you know, will wing give us the income advantage that we're looking for? Um, does wing play off of, you know, the other factions in a way that makes sense? Like for example, let's say that we decide to put wing in the game. Okay. And wing is going to be an income based faction, you know, like we've already talked about. So, you know, the big thing about wing of course is wing basically works off of the idea that, um, you know, you have a a thousand dollar Leo that kills another unit and you gain a thousand back. Like that's, that's how it works. Um, you know, you have a $2,000 serpent, it kills a unit and then it gets, you know, 500 back. That's how it works. You know, that kind of thing, you know, bundle that with seeds, low cost frame production, you know, and you have yourself like ultimately a combination piece there that you otherwise wouldn't have. Now we may find that that is, applicable for the Earth Federation but we have to make sure it's not you know overbearing where maybe the Leo isn't actually going to do for the money a thousand but instead it's going to do 500 and maybe the serpent for the 2000 doesn't do you know um, the 500 maybe it does 400 you know and and then maybe the tallies you know for it's 4000 um, doesn't do the 200 but maybe it does 300 you get my point of what i'm trying to say here like the the idea behind all this is that we are able to better marginalize where wing would actually be in all this and i think ultimately that's what this comes down to if we can marginalize where wing is at in this then that's going to work if we I think put Wing in prematurely and we find out we didn't need Wing, A, that turns out to be just a complete waste of time. B, more importantly, if we do end up needing Wing, we know for the exact reasons why we need Wing. Meaning that, you know, if we need Wing for the mobile dolls, then fine, we do it for the mobile dolls. If we need Wing for some other reason, then fine, we're going to do it for that other reason. Um, You know, but like I said, This is something that we really need to think about in terms of how we're going to go about Wing. Um, And lastly, I would say this. If we would have done Wing as the first faction, then we wouldn't be doing UC in the way that we did UC in terms of mobile suit supply drops. We would have done mobile doll supply drops and done it that way. Okay, and we obviously didn't do that. Okay, now why we didn't do that was simple. You know, Wing was never thought of as a viable faction at the point in time that we had developed UC. It just wasn't. You know, Wing was an afterthought and it was a maybe and it was, okay, all right, fine. You know, you got the models. Yeah, we can sit up here and make this work. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and do this, but it wasn't actually something that was hardcore and set in stone. So again, I just think that, you know, we need to work on, um, the other two first and then see where you know wing lies after that so that's what i have to say on that okay um that's what i'm going to say for this audio um there was another segment that i'm going to save for the uh, next i think that you know you probably need to digest this one and see where it goes and then from there um we can you know of course decide what we're going to do Um, But like I said, I I do think that, you know, there's a lot going on here. Um, We're, for all practical purposes, moving at a lightning pace, you know, and and I think that that's really important, too, that we're understanding that we're moving along in the way that we want to move along. Um, In reality, this is putting us, I want to say, you know, months ahead of schedule in terms of actually our execution, aspect of what we're going after um, and, and, and I think that that's again, you know, a fair way to look at this which is, okay, we know how AW is going to work okay, or I'm assuming it's going to work something like what I told you we know how seed can work I'm assuming it's going to work something like I've sat up here and said, okay, so we already have that stuff grounded so it's like, why not sit up here and just knock that stuff out the way and get it done, after that then I would go on to the invid Okay, so after we get that done, then we go on to the NVID, and then after that, we go on to uh, GDI. That's how I would do that. So I would, like I said, I would finish up the Earth Federation in its entirety. I think that um, we found out what happens when we try to, you know, proportionalize, you know, a, a uh, working concept uh for players... And they, of course, look at it and say, oh, no, this is broke, that's broke, and the other is broken. And in reality, it isn't as bad as what they think, but the whole thing is they can't seem to grasp the concept that it's not done yet. Okay, so um uh there we go. All right, so with that being said, Ryan, I will close out of this audio, and then I will get into the next one. All right, bye-bye.